Okay, good morning, everyone. Uh, I had a scripture that I wanted to read before I started this morning's message because we've been on a series on mental health. And, and I had a scripture that I wanted to, to read just before I got into or continuing with the series on mental health. And then the, the message or the scripture that I had ended up becoming the message. So we're going to pick up on our mental health uh, series from next week. <clears throat> and I'm trusting that God is doing something, you know, that's significant in your life. But at the same time, we must understand that there's a spiritual edge to everything. And it's not just psychology, it's also a spiritual battle. Our battle is not just flesh and blood. So I'm trusting God and we trust in God as leaders for freedom across the board in every way in our lives. So this morning's message is, is going to be shorter and it's not going to be continuing following the series. It's going to be something different. Uh, but I thought about it. My message is going to be short this morning. And I was thinking, I've never ever been to a sermon where at the end of preaching, everyone's shouting, we want more. You know, that's just, it's never happened. So when somebody says the message is going to be short this morning, I think everyone's like, yes. Like, wow. Anyway, hopefully it's not, you know, the word will be preached. Jesus Christ will be exalted. People will be set free. And hopefully you will leave here with hope. Uh, so today is going to be different. It's going to be shorter than normal. And... Um, just before I get into that, I want to share a, a little testimony. I went last week, it was last Friday, I went to fetch Kayla from school. And after that, I went to the shop, to the spa, and I wanted to get some things. And when I walked into the spa, this man, as I walked out, we went in, couldn't find what I was looking for. As I was walking out, um, Kay, this man walked up to us, and I thought he was going to ask for money. And he just stopped me and he said, you're a, you're a, good, you're a good dad. So I said, oh, that's thank you very much and he just said no no I just want you to know you're a good father and I said that's very cool thank you and we left it then we went couldn't find what we want that was up in Kloof so we drove down uh, to the pick and pay this side in Winklesprade and when we get there this this lady in the queue just turns around and she says oh is this your daughter so I said yes and I was with Kayla and she said oh you must be very proud or something along those lines I said oh that's very kind of you thank you <clears throat> and then we get home and Kayla says, Dad, I think God's trying to speak to you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I need to be a better father. Um, <laughs> what did they say, your parents, uh, what did your kids say? Oh, that's this room. Um, and and I just want to say, my heart as a father in this church is to walk in the footsteps of Jesus. No one's got that perfect. We've made mistakes. We messed it up. But our heart is to... Keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. Um, he is the king and he is the father of this church. Uh, and to all the fathers, and I realize now, there are, there are people that have fulfilled the father role in, in your family because they may have had an absent father. But to all, to all the fathers, the best way to be a father or a parent is to honor the father. So we don't want to just say that and not do that. And if we know we haven't been doing that, then we want to trust God to do that going forward. And if you are anything like me, you think, oh man, I've messed up so bad or I've caused more harm than good. But can we today from this day forward say, I'm going to honor Jesus and honor God, my father, so I can be a good father. That's the heart of all of us. So that was off the topic. Building into today's scripture, I just want to share this. I believe that some people believe that they've gone further than God's ability to reach and restore them and to make their lives count for something significant. Um, 
yet our lives aren't fused with gifting and purpose. Every single one of you, God has given gifting and purpose. And if you're listening to this message, there is time for God to do something so powerful through your life that he will use you to change the world. You are created by God to be people of influence, and I'm trusting God that this morning something will ignite in you and you will recognize how much influence you really carry. God can use us for far more than we realize right now. And we've even got, and I'm not, we've got some visitors this morning, guests. I believe God wanted you to be here to tell you that he's got more for your life, that he's going to give you something significant and he's going to use you. And that's true for all of us. How many of us know the scripture, God works all things together for my good, right? We know that. And we can say yes and amen to the promise, and we should. God works all things together for our good. Yet too often, we say yes to the promise, but we don't recognize the premise. So we want the fruit, but we don't know the fruit. I mean, don't know the root. Um, Because the truth is, not everything works out for everybody all the time. That's just a horrible reality. Not everything works out for everybody all the time, unless the premise is in place that precedes the promise, in which case God will use all things together, right? And he will make it work out. And your lives are significant, and God has set you apart. And we might think, Lord, I've made such a mess of my life. And you're sitting in the room, and you know your history of mistakes and problems and faults and failures, but you say, Lord Jesus Is this true for my life? Can I live in the promises of a fruitful inheritance? So what is the premise? What is the root to seeing this fruit of God working all things out? What must we do to make certain that everything we've ever gone through will count for God no matter what? Romans 8 verse 28 to 39. I'm going to read a bunch of scripture, but I'm going to emphasize verse 28. And we know that God causes everything... And we normally go, we like to end it, everything for my good. But it actually says this, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. The premise, how we love and how we live. Loving God, right? Love God and loving his purpose. The promise, God will use every situation for his good, for our good and his glory. When God's glory is our desire, then nothing is for nothing. I'd like to get my Father's Day water bottle. Um, <laughs> oh. The other one apparently was not looking too healthy anymore, so I got a Father's Day. Um, when God's glory is our desire, then nothing is for nothing. And I believe there's people in the room that really need to hear that. If we say yes, then we say yes to the premise and the promise. But we cannot walk in the promise unless we honor the premise. Because we want to say, Lord, you will make all things work together for my good. That's the promise. But then we have to honor the premise if we say yes to the promise. It is possible that things don't work out. That bad things are just bad. Because some people, they might not be living for the purpose of God. They might be living for their own purpose. And then sometimes bad things happen to good people. Yet the moment of genuine surrender and genuine repentance, the moment we seek first the king and his kingdom, 
every fault, failure, sin, compromise, every bad and good situation, everything we've ever experienced, everything will work out for our good in our lives and we will have a better future. And our stories, no matter how painful, become a testimony to to God's goodness. Some of you have gone through incredible pain. And when he is the focal point of our love and our lives, then that pain is not for nothing. If you're listening to this message today, it is not too late to experience the outworking of God's perfect plan for your life. Even our mistakes become stepping stones to God's redemptive plan. To teach us something, to make us more like him, to give us a testimony. God is not overlooking anything you're going through and he will use it to bring about his good plan and reveal himself. No pain will be wasted, no trauma for nothing, no sin beyond forgiveness, redemption and restoration. Everything. Not just some things, everything will be instrumental in bringing about God's perfect plan. Verse 29. It's far quieter than normal. Verse, and that's quieter, I say that, but this is quieter. For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son, so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. You are chosen in this room, set apart, put you on purpose to become like Jesus Christ, to be fashioned into his image. When we become like Jesus We don't lose who we are, we discover it. The closer we get to Jesus, the more we discover who we really are and why we were made and what we're all about. As people, we may have made a complete mess of our lives. Yet as Christians, we are heirs to the king. Our inheritance is eternal. Our identity is secure. God loves us absolutely. And he can and will turn every situation around to give you a testimony of his goodness. He will, if he is the focal point of our lives and our love. Verse 30, and having chosen them, he called them to come to him. You are chosen by God. And having called them, he gave them the right standing with himself. And having given them the right standing, he gave them his glory. What can we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Church, Those who are for us are more than those who are against us. No matter what the situation, no matter what your trial, your trouble, your tribulation, your stress, no matter what you are going through, God will bring a testimony through it. Since we, um, where am I, verse 32. Since we did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one. For God himself has given us right standing with himself. We don't make ourselves right with God. God makes us right with God. All we have to do is repent from our sins and acknowledge him as Lord. Repent means to turn to Jesus. Today we turn to Jesus and we acknowledge the lordship of Jesus Christ. And then God takes the mess that we've made and turns it into a masterpiece. The premise, love God and and live for his purpose. The promise, Everything will work out as a testimony to his redemptive power and his glory. Everything. No matter how much of a mess we've made, from mess to masterpiece, all we have to do is focus on Jesus Christ. The premise on which the promise rests is that Jesus is the focal point of our living and our loving. Not the church. Jesus. 
He is the focal point of our living and our loving. And I know this is a terrible thing to think, but it's true. People can, and I've heard this and I've shared this with our leaders, you can absolutely love the church and not love Jesus. But you cannot love Jesus and not love the church. We don't want to be people who live life loving our church, but no reality of a relationship with Jesus. We want to be people who love the king and the kingdom. And because of that, we have a passion to serve the local church. And when we get this right, when the order is right, the glory falls. The power of God comes through. Things get into order. Even our pain gets infused with purpose. God didn't want us to go through the pain that we're going through, but he will use the pain to bring about a good story. A testimony of his redemptive power. Yet without the premise to love God and live for him, the mess remains a mess. And I know that sounds quite heavy. Verse 34. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ died for us and was raised to life with us. And he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. It's amazing. In some scriptures it says that he intercedes on our behalf. Right now God is pleading over your life. He's interceding. He's standing in the gap. He's crying out. God himself is praying over your life. It's amazing. God is for us. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? And thank you, Holy Spirit, that this goes beyond our heads and into our hearts. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake, we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. We are not living in that persecution, but we are facing trials and tribulation and trouble. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Yes. And if we say amen to that and we're shouting amen, it means that we are living for Jesus and not living for ourselves. With our lives orbiting around him and not him orbiting around our lives. Uh, the thing about uh, God is we, not, we don't want to say, Lord, you are an optional extra that we want to add on. If God is the focal point of our love and our lives, then all things will work together to bring about our good and his glory. The NRV says this, that you are more than conquerors. And I want us to get that into our hearts, something that I've been hearing and I want it to be my reality. To, to, to cope is like, I'm just getting through life. And we're talking about mental health and we, we want to move from coping. And then we go, oh, we want, we, want to, we want to conquer. To conquer is to say there's giants in my life, there's obstacles, and I'm going to take those giants down, right? I'm going to see those giants fall. To be more than a conqueror is to take the land that was occupied by the enemy and take it back for the king and the kingdom. We want to move from coping to bringing down giants to taking the land, and we say, yes, Lord. We say, yes, I want the promises. But then we have to live in the premise. Is Jesus Christ the focal point of your living and your loving? And if he is, then the promise is yours. Everything you're going through will have a purpose and a reason. Nothing is for nothing. Um, and I've mentioned before, in his hands, God moves us, not just from coping, to being more than a conqueror. Oh, but Lord, I still have trouble, and I'm still struggling, and I still have this, and I have a sickness, and I, I've made mistakes. And God says, don't worry, I will use those. The things you thought broke you 
Are we just preparing you and setting you up for the amazing display of my glory later on? Lord, you are the focal point of my life and of my love. And because you are who you are to me, I will use, God will use everything else. He will turn our testimony in, our test into a testimony. All we have to do is give it to him. And we prayed in the prayer meeting. Lord, this is a simple message we've all heard before. We know this scripture. But may it do something in us today that gives us hope and courage. Verse 38, and I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Us loving God is up to us, but God loving us is a permanent, unshiftable reality that will never change. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither fears for today nor worries about tomorrow. Not even the power of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. There is a time for the prodigals to come home. There is no distance, no sin, no trauma, no monumental tragic life decision that could have separated us from God's love. God loves us. He wants to restore us. His love for us is unconditional despite our worst moments. And like the prodigal, this is the thing about the prodigal, he has to choose to come home. And we can sit in church for years and years and years, yet harden our heart time and time again. And I believe now there's certain people that God's saying, it's time for you to come home. When we honor the premise, God honors the promise. The father in the story of the prodigal son, think about this. He didn't force his son to come home. He didn't chase after him. He didn't remove his son's ability to choose. He waited and watched, patient and prayerful. God is not going to force you to serve him. He's not going to force you to follow him. He's not going to take your ability to choose away. He's going to leave it to you. He's going to wait and watch, patient and praying. And then we have to say, Lord, I want you to be the focal point of my life and my loving, living and my loving. I want to tell someone listening that when we choose to make his purpose our purpose, then everything we've ever gone through, God will use to bring about his glory and our good. Everything. And what does it mean to work out for our good? It means that God will shape us into his image, and that will be our heart's desire, to reflect the redemptive nature of God. And we can all say yes and amen to that. Lord, everything's going to work out for my good. What does that mean? I'm going to be rich and well. No, no, no. I'm going to shape you to look like me and to reflect me. I say yes to that. Oh, but Lord, what about my pain? What about my problems? What about my sickness? What about things that have happened that when I will use all of it as a display of my goodness? Everything. All you need to do is honor the premise. You choose to come home. I can't force it. Or God could, but he doesn't. Romans 8 verse 28. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God. That's up to you. And are called according to his purpose for them. When we give God our attention, when he is the focal point of our lives, he uses our story for his glory. And there are people in this room that have shared from the testimony. Uh, remember we did that, that series 
my story, his glory. And people have gone through the most hectic lives and complete brokenness. And God has just reflected himself through all of it and then shone through their lives at the end. I want to read one more scripture. And then, and then I've got two things that I want to share that I felt in the prayer meetings that I feel to just bring. And I know this morning's message was different. I wanted to remind everyone, whatever you are going through, it's not for nothing. The things that you don't understand and you can't explain and it doesn't seem right and it doesn't seem to reflect God, even that God will use to bring about his redemptive plan. Luke 15, verse 11 to 24. To illustrate the point further, another point, Jesus told them the story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now. Imagine telling your dad this. I want my share of your estate now before you die. So the father agreed to divide his wealth between his two sons. So eventually he's told, he said to his dad, Dad, you're dead to me. I, I, I'd like my inheritance now. I want the stuff that you want to give me, but I don't want the relationship. Give me the blessing, but leave me alone. I'll take the promise, yet I'll abandon the premise. And how many of us are shocked? Like, how could you ask your father for inheritance? But how many of us want God just to bless our lives, but we don't want the relationship? A few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted his money, or wasted all his money in wild living. And scriptures go on. We're not going to read that far, but it goes on. He was partying prostitutes. This guy was absolutely cautioned to the wind living his life. Free. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land, and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him. It doesn't just say he got a job like he comes from a distinguished family. He had to persuade the farmer to hire him. And the man set him into the fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding, the pigs looked good to him. But no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses... He said to himself, sometimes we need to speak to ourselves. At home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Please take me as a hired servant. His father saw him coming, filled with love and compassion. And this is the father heart of God for you. Filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son and embraced him and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But his father said to his servant, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Some of you are broken. And you come to church thinking, Lord, I am. Lightning will come through the roof and it will kill me on the spot. Because I, and God's saying, as you turn back to the Father, put the, put the coat back on you. Get a ring for his finger and sandals, on, sandals for his feet. And kill the calf that we have fattening, been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast. For the Son of Man was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. And then we read on about how the, the older brother was all upset because you think to yourself, oh, you went there and you come back. And, you know, like the older brother was all this kind of represented the religious side of us that says, oh, but you were so bad and now you want to be so good. And the father's just saying, I absolutely love you. And I believe there's a lot of people in the room that need to know the father heart of God this morning, that no matter how messed up 
you are, no matter how many mistakes you've made, God will bring about everything for his glory and your good. All you have to do is say, my loving and my living is yours. God is, there's nobody in this room that's beyond God's ability to reach and restore. He will use all things, even our mistakes, even our pain, to shape us into his image. Romans 8 verse 28. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. The two words I felt in the prayer meetings were, the first one is influence. I trust God that every single person, you might be here for the very first time, every single one of us is going to be a, used by God as a person of influence. And, and we always think that influence equals position and power, status, at some sort of senior place. But influence could be you going to the shops and you speak to somebody you've never met before. And that person goes and speaks to somebody else who happens to be connected to somebody who has significant influence or power. And then they go speak to that person. That person hears what you were carrying. And all of a sudden, they change their whole way of life. And they start influencing generations and lots of people that they lead. We are going to be people in this church that are going to just knock over the first domino. And then all of a sudden, there's going to be an outworking of a series of events that's going to bring about God's ultimate purpose. So I want to say this. If you're sitting here and you think, oh, I've blown it, I don't count, you might just say something to somebody who's a stranger in a shop, and that will be a catalyst of significant change. Don't, for a split second, underestimate what God can do through you, what God will do through you, and it's not too late. There's, no, there's not a single person in this room that's insignificant. The second word I felt was two weeks ago. Restore the dining room table to your homes. You, you might have become used to sitting around the TV at supper time. And I know this sounds completely, where did this come from? Uh, God wants to keep the family unit together. And I think that even if you're living alone, and you sit down at the table and you say, Lord, thank you for this time. I pray that it will be fellowship with you. But please surround my table with people, with fellowship, with love, with life, with laughter. For those that are couples, sit together. I'll go as far as, imagine this, a no phone zone. And we say, I want to just connect with you. I want the family, I want this family to, to put God first. And there's a moment of teaching, discipleship, fellowship. Mothers and fathers, it's a space to nurture the family. So this Father's Day, let's get the family focused on Jesus. Um, I want to pray over us. I know there's different words, especially for Father's Day. But I, I know that there's, there's people here that are, God knows, He's calling you home. You might have even been sitting in the room for a while and God's saying, it's time to return to me. I want, I want to be the focal point of your living and your loving. And when you do that, everything you've gone through, I will make significant and count for something. Nothing will be for nothing. So, well, let's stand together. And if you are...
a son returning home or a daughter returning home, I want you just, just to come stand up in the front here. And we're going to pray for you. And, and I, I feel if you do come up, if there is somebody, and you come up here, that it won't be a, a, it's a walk of shame. If it, it's not. It's a walk of restoration where the Father heart of God says, here is your ring. Here is your coat. Here are your new shoes. Here is your new future. Everything you've ever gone through is not written off. It's not for nothing. I'm going to use your life as a display of my power and my glory. You are going to be a man and woman of influence. So while I'm praying... Now, just if you are in the room and you feel it's time for me to return to the Father, not to the church, to the Father, then walk forward. Let's, let's pray. Father, I pray for all of us now, Lord. I pray, Lord Jesus, that as, as, we, as we stand here, we will say, my living and my loving is devoted to you. You are the focal point of my life, Jesus. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for these people that have stepped forward to say I've come home not to the house to the father I pray Lord Jesus that these men and women standing in the front here Lord Jesus will be set apart for a display of how powerful you can work through people's life how you can restore how you can put things back in order Lord Jesus I pray for the fathers the mothers I thank you, Lord, that the table will be honored, Lord Jesus. We will start gathering around as a family again, not centered around a TV, but centered around fellowship and Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for these that have come forward today. Pray for an infilling of your spirit today. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that your word says there is no condemnation for those in Christ. That as they stand here, they hear the voice, I am for you. If God is for you, who can be against you? I pray, Lord Jesus, against the enemy's schemes that would harden hearts. I pray against shallow soil believers. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that the truth of your word will go deep and produce a harvest that will be a blessing to many. I thank you, Lord, that the lies of the enemy that would come there beyond redemption, I thank you those lies will stop. And what they hear is the Father, I love you. Well done. Welcome home. I'm very proud of you. I pray for all of us, Lord Jesus, that we will go and be catalysts of change. Pour out your holy fire upon us. Be the focal point of our living and our loving and our lives. Jesus, I thank you, Lord, that we don't just include you, but you become the center of everything we are. I pray for power of your people. I thank you, Lord, for those fathers in the room that feel like they've absolutely messed up. That this morning, they hear the voice of the Father in heaven. I restore. I work all things together for the good of those who love me and are called according to my purpose. And I thank you, Jesus, that hope will be restored. Just stand this moment off, pray for a little bit. As I'm praying, I feel just since I'm looking for those that will 
receive my love.